so glad you're here today to be able to celebrate all that God is doing at Graceland. Man, that great. Whoa, what a great time to be together. Uh, six months ago was our last Sunday in here. It seems like forever ago, but at the same time, it's gone so fast for some of us. But we're glad that we can gather today to talk about the faithfulness of the Lord, and that's really the focus of where we are. We start a new sermon series today. We're going to be in the Old Testament book of Jonah. So if you want to start looking for that, it's uh, in the back of the Old Testament in the minor prophet area after Psalms, after uh, Isaiah. So in that area, Jonah chapter 1 is where we are today. We're going to be talking about chasing rebels, and we'll be walking through the entire book of Jonah over the next several weeks looking at that, seeing how it speaks into our life and what it's about for us to understand what it means to follow after a loving God who cares us about us so much. You know, Jonah is one of those passages or one of those books that many of us know about. Well, at least we know the big story, right? We know that some guy named Jonah, God called him to do something. He left, went away, uh, got swallowed up by a fish. Most of the time it's a whale when you read the stories. And then he finally ended up following after God and doing what God wanted. Well, I hope we can get further into that so that we can learn really more about what he is teaching us and what the Bible is teaching us really about the faithfulness of God, about who God is and how much he loves us and the very fact that he has great things in store for us. And oftentimes, it's our response to that, right? It's how we're responding to the power of God, how we're responding to his presence, how we're responding to his love that really does make the difference. We want to show that as followers of Christ. Our assumption is that many of us in this room and are watching on our live stream are followers of Christ. And so we're really speaking into our disobedience as we look at Jonah today, as we look at the first six verses of this Old Testament book. And we're also talking to those who are far from God, who are trying to understand who God is and chasing after God and understanding more about who he is and his love for all of us. So we're talking about that in a big picture form as we dive deeper into first a uh, few, few verses of chapter 1 of Jonah chapter 1. So if you have that in front of you, we'll walk through the passage, we'll look at the passage, and then we'll make some comments about how it really does apply to our lives. So Jonah chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, found the ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare, went down into it, to go with him to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. The mariners who were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled their cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said, Why do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. Now, as we look at those verses, it's really important for us to understand that the primary focus is to recognize the faithfulness of God inside this. We see a lot of things about Jonah that we're going to look at, a lot of things about these verses that might teach us even about ourselves, even about who we are in our own rebellion. The very fact that Jonah flees the presence of the Lord is so very important in this passage. Because oftentimes in our lives, we are also about fleeing after the Lord, fleeing from him, getting away. Now, I don't think we do that intentionally. 
I don't think any of us go into rebellion because we are intentionally wanting to rebel against God. But it just happens, right? It happens as we, as we go through life. It happens as we get away from what he is telling us. As followers of Christ, it really makes a difference for us because as Christ followers, we should be following after the things of Christ. We should be following his direction. We should be obedient to him. We should be surrendering ourselves to him and who he is. And so it calls us as Christ followers to a place to recognize how God was working in Jonah's life as Jonah is rebelling against him. Our rebellion, like I said, may not be like Jonah's. It may not be nearly as profound as we find ourselves in this book today. It may be the simple things. It may be the simple understanding that we are not going to do all the things that God has asked us to do, even in his word. As we start off this very first verse, he uses that understanding. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is very important to us. You know, as Christians, we, we have the Word, right? We, we talk about the Bible. We talk about what the Bible says as the Word of God, that it speaks into our lives. Oftentimes, we don't spend enough time in the Word, helping it to teach us so that we might live out our lives, not in rebellion, but in following after Christ. But at the same time, as we read the Word, for us, there are many things in the Word that really calls our attention to where we have to follow after Christ, right? We just can't live any way we want to, doing anything we want to. As believers, it calls us to a place of how we act, how we respond, how we react. So we can't just do what we want to do anytime we want to do it, or we'd miss out on the understanding of the Word. But the Word came to Jonah. And Jonah was a prophet in the Old Testament, not just in this book about him. Matter of fact, he is the only prophet, this book is the only prophetic book in the Old Testament that really is not a prophecy toward Israel. It's a, what happened to this prophet, this man who rebelled against God. If you go back to 2 Kings chapter 14, chapter 17, chapter 19, you find more about the fact that Jonah had been prophesying. He had been giving a prophet to Israel about what was happening around the world. You see, Israel at the time was under a king, King Jeroboam II, who was really trying to follow after God as much as he could, but at the same time, there was so much evil going on in Israel. But at the same time, there was a great blessing happening in Israel. So they, had, they were in this in-between stage of seeing what God was doing and asking for God's blessing, but at the same time, there was so much evil and corruption going on around them. Jonah had been the prophet speaking into that. He had been the one who was speaking to Israel about how they should be for God. There's not a lot about Jonah in 2 Kings. It doesn't tell us a lot about what he says. We actually get that from some other of the prophets that are happening about the same time, knowing that he was speaking the same message to Israel. He was telling them that they should be following after God. Now, in the middle of that, the word comes to Jonah to go to Nineveh. That's what it tells us in the passage. Nineveh is the capital city of Assyria. The Assyrian Empire had started growing, and there was conflict that had already come over into northern Israel and had taken over to some of the land, and, and they were now the aggressors against Israel. Matter of fact, the Israelites hated the Assyrians because they were afraid of them. They thought they were going to come and take their land, and ultimately they actually do. But in the middle of that, Jonah was told by the Lord, a word of the Lord came to Jonah to go to Nineveh, which is the capital of Assyria. It is the worst place he would want to go. Now, you know, as you think about that, and so this word of the Lord comes to, to Jonah, and you begin to think, how does he hear from God? 
How does he hear that he's supposed to go to Nineveh? It didn't give us those details in this understanding that. But we do know that each of us are called to hear from the Lord, right? So how do we hear from the Lord? Well, for us, we've already said we, we have the word of the Lord in front of us. We can look at the word, and the word speaks into our life. Jonah also had parts of the Old Testament that had already been written, the books of Moses, the Torah, uh, the oral tradition, uh, and what was going on with the prophets. So he was hearing from the word. He was hearing about God's faithfulness. He was hearing about God's love. He was hearing about the mercy that came upon Israel after, after they had just denied the Lord back in the whole situation with the judges. He knew all those stories. He knew all the things about God. And at the same time, he recognized that he was hearing from God a direct word. Because that's what this understanding in this phrase is. It's, a, it's an understanding that he heard a direct word of how God was speaking into his life. So the question becomes, as followers of Christ, how do we hear direct words from the Lord? How are we listening so that the Lord speaks to us? Well, it's obvious that Jonah has been listening to God as a prophet. He has been listening to what God has been teaching him and telling him. And in the middle of that, he, he's responding to God, and his response is one of rebellion. Look again at Jonah chapter 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, and he's going to tell him what to do. He says in verse 2, Jonah, that you are to arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for the evil has come up before me. So we see in verse 2 that what he is about is God calling him. He says, get up. You got to do something here, right? So you're you're prophesying and your faith and who you are, it has to have some action to it, Jonah, and I'm calling you to action. Well, I believe it's no different than the Word of God is calling us as Christians to action, right? How do we respond to the Word of the Lord? How do we respond to what He tells us to do and how to live out our Christian life? Arise, He would say to us. Don't be just sitting around doing nothing and arise and go. Now, you, you might recognize that Jesus tells us in the great commission that our responsibility is to go into all the nations, teaching, preaching, baptizing, sharing the gospel, sharing the faithfulness of God and his love to us, the fact he gave Jesus down the cross for us to raise from the dead so that we could have life, the faithfulness of God the Father for your life. Jonah knew about God's faithfulness, and God said to Jonah, now you get up and you arise and you go to Nineveh, which is a great city, and you're going to speak to them about the evil that's going on. Ah, not a simple task. I would say it's not a simple task for us. We're called as followers of Christ to speak up about the evils that go on in the world around us. How do we define what those evils are? How do we look at those? How do we hear the word of the Lord? How do we recognize that our responsibility as followers of Christ are to show out the faithfulness of God, right, and the mercies of God? Because ultimately, that's what we're going to get to in Jonah, to recognize that. But he calls us in order to step into the evil of the world around us so that we can speak into it. That's what he did for Jonah. He said, Jonah, rise, get up, go to Nineveh, speak against the evil that is going on around you. Well, Jonah respond like I think I might often respond. It go the other direction. We find that in verse 3. He says, but Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish. 
from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, found the ship, going to Tarsus. He paid the fare, went down to it to go to Tarsus, away from the presence of the Lord. Now, an interesting phrase there, right? Can you ever get away from the presence of the Lord? I mean, he was a prophet of God, right? He was a prophet. He knew God. He had been with God. Why in the world did he think he was going to get away from the presence of the Lord? Well, he didn't. He knew that was impossible. He was going to Tarshish. Matter of fact, Tarshish is the farthest distance away from Israel that he could get. Matter of fact, if you look on a map today, Tarshish is most recognized to be southern Spain in that area. So he was going all the way across the Mediterranean to get as far as away from Israel that he could get. Joppa is down near Tel Aviv today, and it's, on the, it's a city that he was, he was getting away from God, fleeing God's presence. What it really means is that he had separated himself from God. He knew God was everywhere. He knew the Lord had already spoken to him. He was a prophet of the Lord. He knew God was around him, but he thought for a moment he could get away from the Lord. He could just separate himself from the presence of God. I think I do the same thing. I think there are times where I just go through life doing stuff, thinking I can do this or I can do this. You see, because... And when we talk about this, what he's talking about here is that rebellion has its root in disobedience, right? When I rebel against the Lord, what I know from the New Testament, what I know from Jesus as the word of the Lord, when I, re- when I rebel against him, it's always found in a root of disobedience. What is rebellion? Well, I think rebellion, as I could define it, would be really a self-dependence, I can do what I want to do. I can go where I want to go. I can say what I want to say. I can respond the way I want to respond. Because that's exactly what Jonah had done here, right? He had moved from the understanding that I'm a prophet of God, God speaking to me, that now I'm in rebellion, and I don't want to go to Nineveh. I'm going to go where I want to go. There's rebellion that is the root. This disobedience of his root life led him to say, I'm going to get far away from what God wants me to do and how I should be responding to him as I can get. And that would be getting on a boat and going somewhere else. That's not always the case, of course. For us, our rebellion doesn't take us to get in the car and drive the other end of the country to get away from God's presence because we can't flee from God's presence. It simply says that we respond by saying, that's not what I want to do, Lord. That's not how I want to act. That's not what I want to say. That's not how I want to respond. Because all of a sudden, it's become a self-dependence, a, a, a pers- purpose of saying it's what I want, and if it's what I want, this is what I'm going to do. And that's where we find Jonah. In that place of saying, God, I am fleeing from your presence. I am getting away from you because what you have asked me to do is not what I want to do. How often do we find ourselves doing the same way? saying the same thing, acting the same way, doing the same thing. Someone says something to us, and our response is not a godly response. Someone writes something on Facebook, and our response is not a godly response. We are not being kind as the New Testament teaches us to be kind. We are responding in a way that in our own rebellion says, no, that's not how I want to do it. I want to respond this way, and Lord, I don't really care what the Bible teaches me of how I respond as a believer. This is how I'm going to do that. That's where we find Jonah. He was doing the same thing. He just happens to be the kind of guy who says, I'm going to try to get away physically because I don't want to be connected with what God is going to do in Nineveh. So that's what he tells us. Now, as we go on in this passage, we see in verse 4, 
But the Lord, here it is again, right? We started verse 1 by saying that the Lord came. Now here in verse 4, the Lord is the one who's doing the work. Yahweh, the understanding that the Lord is in all things. The Lord is the one who is doing all things. Sometimes we miss that fact. Sometimes we think that we are so independent, we can do those things, that we have missed the understanding that the Lord is in these things. Jonah is going to recognize that. I think he already knows I think we already know. I think it's something that's in our minds. We know that the Lord is everywhere. We know that he loves us. He know, we know that he died on the cross for all those around us. We know that he rose from the dead in order to conquer sin and death. We, we know that. But somewhere it disconnects with how we live. Somewhere it disconnects. Maybe it's the rebellion of our own spirits our own souls. Well, in this passage, verse 4, the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea. And in verse 5, the mariners were afraid and they cried out to the God. Now, these guys are sea-going guys, right? Probably Phoenicians who have been on the sea. That's probably all they've done their whole life. But this storm was so, so strong that they were afraid that the boat was going down. Matter of fact, they tried to lighten the load so they could go over the waves. That's why they threw all the cargo over. Because as light as the boat could be, it could go over the waves better. But they were in a massive storm. Well, rebellion has consequences that affects you and other people, no matter what we think. Our rebellion is always going to be consequences that affect us, but it's going to affect others. And that's what we find here. But an understanding that Jonah was in this boat, but the consequences of the Lord chasing after Jonah, chasing after the rebel that he was, brought the consequences, the circumstances of all the storm upon the lives of everyone who was in the boat. And sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we forget that as husbands and wives, as students, as young adults with our parents or parents with our kids. Sometimes we forget that their own rebellion is going to have that kind of ripple effect that it is going to cause problems, not just for us, but for those around us too. You see it playing out. You see it happening in so many places that we are today. But back to the text. He tells us in this text that they were afraid, and each one cried out to his God. Well, obviously in this passage, they, they didn't believe in one God. They, they each had their own gods. That was very common with the facetious. They, they may have had many gods that they were out there trying to pray to. They were just asking for help, right? Where's Jonah? He's in the bottom of the boat. He is asleep. Now, remember, rebellion has its center in the reality that you cannot escape from God. Rebellion has its center in the reality that you cannot escape from God. That's, that's the truth, whether we want and ever who says it, that is just a truth. And some would say, well, that's not truth. We would say, no, we are believers in God. We come from a biblical worldview. We believe that to be the truth. And so it is the truth according to God's word, which we think is truth and believe that is truth. So you cannot escape from God. You cannot escape from his presence. You can't get away from him. But here was Jonah trying to flee the presence of the Lord in the bottom of the ship now. It tells us that's where he is as we go on in this passage. These mariners were afraid. They had cried out to their God. They had sent all the cargo over. But Jonah had gone down inside so that he could be fast asleep. My text says fast asleep. Yours may use another term, but the idea was he was sound asleep. 
Now, in that sound asleep, for some reason, he thought he was getting away from God. But hear this. As God followed after him, as God never left him, because God had called him to do a work. As God had called Jonah, God has called us as followers of Christ. Now, if you're not a follower of Christ, you will not connect to that. That does not make any sense to you because you do not understand that as a Christian, you are following after the things of God. Our prayer today would be that you would come to Christ because we believe that following after God is the greatest thing because His grace and His mercy that gives us eternal life, that helps us not to have life that's going to be actually in hell away from Him, but in heaven with Him, right? That is, that is the joy of salvation that we have. That is why we talk about Jesus who is given us grace and mercy and new life inside that. But rebellion has its hope in the calling to God. That's where we find ourselves. Rebellion has its hope in the calling to God. Jonah had gone in town into the inner part of the ship. So the captain came and said, what do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give you a thought to us and we may not perish. There are people all around us, in our community, in our family, in our homes, where we work, all the things around us who are indeed perishing, who, according to God's word, will spend eternity away from God in hell. Yet, oftentimes, do we find ourselves people, people who are asleep. Oh, maybe not physically. We might not be sleeping through people's problems and through people's heartaches and what they go through. We, we may not be asleep as they walk through that. But maybe we're so asleep that we miss, that we miss those opportunities that God has given to us. Those opportunities to be where he has placed us. You see, in this passage, the understanding that this captain goes down into the bottom of the ship and he finds Jonah fast asleep. This rebel who has run away from God, tired, exhausted, probably emotionally, spiritually drained. All those things that had gone on in Jonah's life, and he was sound asleep. Yet this captain says to him, as you read that passage, Arise, call out to your God. You remember what God had told him in verse 2? Arise, go to Nineveh, call out against their evil. So in this passage, you have an understanding of this God who is, who is about his faithfulness to not just the people of Nineveh, nor to the people of Israel. But God said, I'm going to be faithful to you, Jonah. I have called you to be faithful. I have called you to surrender out of the goodness of who he is. That's what God does for us. Oh, I believe that so much. I believe God, out of his faithfulness, out of his love, out of his mercy, calls us to be faithful to him. Do we rebel? Absolutely we do. Do we read his word enough? No. Do we spend time focused on him enough, praying for him? No. But what does he do in the middle of that? He continues to call us. He continues to give us hope. He continues to show his goodness for each of us. Because... See, it's personal. It's a personal thing. It's not just God calling a church or God calling a people or God calling a nation, but God had called Jonah. How has God called you? What has he called you to do? How have you seen his faithfulness in that call? How have you come to him when there have been those times of rebellion and say, Lord, I know I've rebelled. 
I know I've been away from you, but I want to be in the middle of where you are. I want to be doing exactly your will, serving you, walking with you. Is that going to happen overnight? And it doesn't for Jonah, and it doesn't for us. It's a life of surrender, a life of knowing that the Lord is chasing after us. A poem that was written in the late 1800s called The Hound of Heaven. Maybe you've heard of it. It's been a very famous one used by so many people, and God has used it in so many ways. But in that poem, it helped us to recognize that God, God is not leaving us alone, but he's chasing after us, his people, to bring him back to his way so that we might live out the gospel right around us, right here in southern Indiana, right in the midst of our working and our friends and our schools and our relationships and our neighborhoods, we might live out the word of the Lord that has come to us, a word of the Lord for salvation, not just for us, but for every person around us because they need Jesus. And he's put us, you, called you to where you are, where you live, where you work, where you play, all those things, not by accident but by the fact that he is the Lord who has called us. How do we respond? Let's pray together. Eternal God and Heavenly Father, we give you praise for who you are. We're thankful, so thankful to your, for your love and for your mercy and for your calling upon our lives. We are so thankful that you have given to us eternal life as we have trusted, placed our trust in, our faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior. Father, I would pray that you would speak to us in our rebellion hearts, even as followers of Christ, and you would allow us to see those around us who are in great need, and you would, you would bring us to a place that we might live for you in a fresh new way. And Lord, our prayer would be for those who are hearing today, whether it's in this room or somewhere else, that they may recognize that you are a God of so much love, that you indeed are chasing after us. You want us to see the love that you have, the love that is in Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, whose body was broken, whose blood was spilled, so that we might have life. And not only his death, but his resurrection, that he conquered sin and death for us. Father, we thank you for that. And we give you praise for your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.